when the prefects came into power, that kind of pushed Israel over the edge because they had already had these Hasmoneans who had come into power that seemed like they were really representing Jewish interests because they led the Maccabean revolt and drove the Gentile Seleucids out. But then they became corrupt and they brought civil war and they were no longer representing Jewish interests. And then now you have these high priests that are not Levitical in any kind of way, but now you've gotten back to Levitical priests at least. And then now you have these Herodians who are ruling and they're not even Jewish in any kind of a way. And now that they actually have a full-blown Roman citizen, Roman official ruling over Israel, this kind of pushed a lot of Jews over the edge and saying, that's it. We're so tired of non-Jewish leadership and a violation of the Mosaic law. And so there was already um, militia groups kind of rising up. There were already underground rebellious groups kind of rising up. And they were, they were kind of there. But at this moment, this was the spark that led to a, a great movement of the zealots. But they became like the Michigan militia kind of a thing. They became a military branch of Israel they were highly illegal. They weren't allowed to be military or organized in any kind of a way. But they began to train themselves in caves and then hiding out in the wilderness and out in, the, in the, the, the woods. And they began to attack the Romans. In fact, they even had an elite group of zealots called the Sikari. And the Sikari means the bearer of the dagger. And the bearer of the dagger, basically what they would do is they, they kind of were these kamikaze-like soldiers because they would go into Roman parties. And the Roman parties, they there would be... Everybody's drunk at a Roman party. Everybody is drunk at a Roman empire, which means their senses are not heightened. They're not really aware. They're just partying and that kind of stuff. And so you have Roman officials and politicians, and you have Roman soldiers, and then you have all the Jewish people who have made compromises with Rome, and they're all there. And so they would send these Sikari in, and they would come in with these knives that were hidden in their clothes, and they would each kind of pick out of Roman officials or Roman soldiers and when they gave each other the signal, they would simultaneously bring all their knives out and shove it into the back of the spinal cord of the people that they had targeted, killing them. And then they would run for their lives. Because when you're completely surrounded by Romans and you've got the Roman legion around it that are not drunk, then you, don't, you can't just fight. Um, you're not powerful enough to stop a Roman legion. So they would run. And they would oftentimes be killed before they could escape the building. And they knew... They were going to be killed most likely before they escaped the building. So they were kind of like a kamikaze suicide bomber kind of a sense in that um, day and age where they're trying just to kill as many Romans as they could. And so obviously they're not really doing much damage to Rome. They're more likely, they're most likely, it's more like they're kicking the hornet's nest basically. And they're, they're angering them and a few hornets die. But mostly what would happen is the hornets, the Romans, would come out and kill them. And then they would kill a whole bunch of Jewish people that they suspected of hiding or aiding the zealots in any kind of a way. And then that would bring unrest. So that most Jews didn't like the zealots. Because most Jews saw the zealots as a, a lost cause. You're never going to be strong enough or powerful enough to ever take down Rome in any kind of a way. 
But at the same time, because you keep trying, you keep angering Rome, and Rome keeps getting mad at us and killing us, your family members, because they suspect that we're hiding you or we're one of you, and we're dying because of you, your lost cause. And so they largely did not like the zealots in any kind of a way. If you like the zealots, um, you're probably a small little boy who just thought it was really cool that there were soldiers and fighting, and then you grew up and realized that's not realistic or practical in any kind of way. Or you never grew out of that and you joined the zealots. But if you weren't a part of the zealots, you probably didn't really support them or like them in a lot of ways. Not that you didn't believe in their cause. You just didn't believe that it was successful enough to make a difference, and it mostly just hurt you. They killed all Roman sympathizers that they could. Simon the Zealot was one of Jesus' disciples. So that kind of gives you an idea of his uh, mindset. And then you've got um, Judas Iscariot might have been a Zealot sympathizer. Most likely Judas did not betray Jesus to get Jesus killed. Many scholars believe that Judas um, did not betray Jesus because he didn't like Jesus or he's betraying Jesus or he wanted him dead in any kind of way. Most people believe that Jesus was here in order to lead an army against Rome. Remember all the, the Messianic prophecies that we went through during the post-exilic prophets and the pre-exilic prophets. A lot of the prophecies were of a Messiah that would come back as a king and, and rule over Israel and destroy all the surrounding enemies of Israel and set up an everlasting, peaceful, righteous kingdom over the entire world for all eternity. And so when Jesus proclaimed himself as Messiah, they had that picture of a military soldier who would lead um, Israel in their independence. This is why Peter brings a sword the night of Jesus' trial, because he thinks that this is the moment. And a lot of the people began to become angry with Jesus because he wasn't doing this. After three, four years of his ministry, they, they, they brought him in, they declared him king, they threw down the palm branches and the jackets, and they declared him king of the Jews. And, and two weeks go by, and he's not acting like a king. And in fact, he's not only not acting like a king, he's talking about his death a lot. And if you really put yourself in their shoes, he really sounds like a martyr. He sounds kind of crazy because he's this king constantly talking about how he has to die and, and Rome's going to crush him. And you're like, what is wrong with you? There's something not right. And so they start becoming angry because now they're disillusioned with this king. He, he They thought, they've interpreted it, that he's made promises of deliverance politically and militarily because that's what the prophecies said. And he's he's proclaimed himself as the Messiah. And so they become very angry. And this is one of the reasons why they're going to quickly turn on him and kill him because it's mostly a, an anger of being scorned, an anger of being betrayed in their eyes. And many scholars believe that Judas might have actually betrayed Jesus in order to corner him, to get him to actually fight back. Because if I can get him cornered like a wild animal, then he'll start fighting and he'll bring the kingdom of God like he's supposed to according to the prophecies. Doesn't he know this? And this is most likely why Jews committed suicide afterwards, because it did not work. Jews did not get cornered like an animal and end up fighting back with all the power of Yahweh against the Roman Empire. He actually ended up dying. And Jews was very heartsick and over that because he, he liked Jesus and he believed in Jesus. And so this seems to be more that he might have had zealot-like thinking. Whether he was a zealot or not, we don't know, but he had zealot-like thinking. 
So Jesus had a very motley crew. I think we've been around long enough and heard enough sermons to understand this. Um, but you've got um, Matthew, who also knows Levi, who's a tax collector. So he's like 100% a sympathizer with the Rhodians and the Sanhedrin and the Sadducees and Rome and all that kind of stuff. And then you've got these zealots over here who are very strong, patriotic, I'm willing to do anything for Israel. But at the same time, nobody in Israel really likes them because they're just causing pain and turmoil for everybody. And then you've got these people who are more with the Pharisees, like Simon or Peter and John and Andrew and all of them are more of the Pharisee kind of a mentality. Maybe even been failed, not been picked to be a Pharisee. So you have all these different people from all different things and you wonder why they argued all the time with each other like little children. So these are the groups and the mentalities that they're coming out of. Now eventually, fast forwarding, way into the future, Jesus comes along, Jesus dies in the 30s, he ascends into heaven, and then Israel takes off and the book of Acts happens and the whole book of Acts happens. And the book of Acts ends somewhere before 90, probably most likely before 70 AD, before the temple is destroyed. And then uh, much later after that is 135 AD. And 135 AD, the zealots really gain a lot of power. And the zealots really go after the Roman Empire. And they go after the Roman Empire so hard that they actually begin to actually do some damage. And it actually looks like, wow, they might actually be successful here. But we know that there's no way they could ever really truly be successful. And it was at this point that Rome was like, we are done with you, Israelites. We're completely done with you. And they basically launched an all-out attack against the zealots, destroy them. Many of the zealots ran to Herod's fortresses, Masada and Herodian, and actually barricaded themselves in there against the Romans. And the Romans built sieges around them and spent months trying to take them down because of Herod's genius building projects. But eventually they killed all these zealots, and eventually they just killed all the Jews in the land of Israel or drove them out completely. And I talked about that um, earlier in this, this um, teaching session about how that led to the Arabic people coming in and that kind of stuff. So kind of already been there. But the zealots are the ones who caused that rebellion that's going to anger Rome so much that Rome's going to kill the Jews or drive them out of the land completely. So that gives you the idea of their determination of what they're willing to go to in order to make this happen.